Real Estate Reckoning with your host, Doug Wolf. This is Doug Wolf, and thank you once again for joining our podcast, Real Estate Reckoning. Just a quick disclaimer before we get into our topic today, and that is that I am a licensed realtor in the state of Virginia with Redefy Real Estate. I'm a principal broker. And so some of the topics that we do discuss may or may not pertain specifically to your state or your country. And so we want to make sure that you do realize that if you have legal questions, you need to seek legal counsel. I am not giving any type of legal advice, just some real estate ideas. Once again, may or may not pertain specifically to your state or country. So let's get right into our topic. Why does it cost so much money to sell my house? And this is a question that we run into a lot in the real estate industry where sellers are wanting to put their home on the market, get top dollar for it. But then they realize how much does it going to cost to uh, get this property actually sold? And what am I going to walk away from the table with? And we call that our net. How much are you going to net from the sale of the home? So, in meeting with sellers, we have two primary costs that we look at and we make sure to review with them and that they have a very clear understanding of what those two primary costs are. The number one cost, of course, is going to be commission. How much commission am I going to pay at the settlement table when I close on this home? And the number two primary cost is concessions. How much am I going to have to give to a buyer to participate uh, and purchase my home. And we're going to talk about those two things specifically in just a minute. One of the other cost factors that should be included, but is not something that I take care of or that I get too deep into with a seller because it is outside of my scope, outside of my scope of expertise of real estate, which would be capital gains tax. So depending on the situation, uh, the ownership, uh, if it's primary residence or not, you could run into some capital gains tax situations, and that is where you need to speak with um, an accountant or a tax lawyer who can advise you properly on what your expenses will be based upon capital gains tax. So let's talk a little bit about commission. We're going to get into one of the two primary costs, in my opinion. In our area, which is Hampton Roads, Virginia, Hampton Roads consists of several different cities that make up one big giant area, and we call it Hampton Roads. In the past, people have referred to it as Tidewater. It's, it's had a, a few names throughout the years, but currently we recognize it as Hampton Roads. So in Hampton Roads, in our area of Virginia, 6% has been the norm since the beginning of time. So, and I know I'm exaggerating on that, but I don't really know when it hasn't been 6%. And sure, sometimes it's maybe 5%, sometimes 7%. But as far back as I can remember, and I've been a realtor for 21 years, it's always been 6%. And I haven't really met anybody that's been in real estate longer than that, that has told me back in the day we used to charge and it was a different percentage. It seems like it's always been 6%. So I'm not really sure why. I'm not sure why people accept that, uh, but that's what it is. In your area, it could be different. Uh, it could be a different percentage, but uh, here it's 6%, and which means 6% of the sales price. And we're going to break that down in just a second. Real quick side story. 
So when my kids were growing up in our area, there's a lot of colonial things. And so uh, my kids were in the Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts and what have you. And, and one of the activities we went on was to go to this colonial home. And so it's a Saturday and we go to the colonial home and, you know, kids are walking around, parents are walking around and um, everybody that is actors, they're all in their colonial attire and there's a blacksmith. And the blacksmith is, uh, he's going to town, he's making a horseshoe or something. And so uh, I sell real estate, by the way. So I start talking to him a little bit about real estate. And he's still in his blacksmith colonial thought process, which is entertaining. And so we're just shooting the breeze a little bit. And he says, do you know what the first real estate transactions were? And... I said, no, no, I'm, I'm interested. What do you, what do you mean? He said, well, back in the day, back in, in my day, which would be colonial Williamsburg day, I guess, or, or even before that, maybe people would decide to, they'd build a house and then they would decide to move and relocate to another area, maybe head out West and they would burn their house down. And then they would go through the ashes of the burnt down house and collect nails and they would collect the nails so that they wouldn't have to go to the blacksmith to have new nails made, created. And so they would go through the ashes. They would collect their nails and go and build their next house using the nails that they just collected out of the ashes. And some genius decided, hey, how about this? I'll give you my nails instead of you burning down your house and collecting those nails out of there. So let's say there's a thousand nails in the house. I'll give you, here's a thousand nails. Now don't burn this down. Saves me time, money, having to get the wood and to build the house. Uh, and you just take my nails and, and move on. So I'm guessing that's the first real estate transaction. It's a good thing that there weren't realtors back then because they would have taken a, a big chunk of those uh, nails for themselves and had, uh, you know, an amazing mansion with all the nails that they had. Whether that story is true or not, I have no idea. I've never, ever looked into how credible it is. But it's a pretty cool story. And it's told by a blacksmith who, uh, I guess, um, that affected his business. Because he wasn't making as many nails as he would have been. I don't know. Interesting story. Whether it's true or not, don't hold me to it. Because I have no idea. But uh, according to the blacksmith, that was the first types of real estate transactions, trading nails instead of burning your house down and collecting the nails. So let's talk about commission. The percentage, the 6% in our area doesn't vary on the price of the home. So for example, you're selling your home for $200,000 with a 6% commission. That's $12,000 of commission right there. $12,000. Someone in a different neighborhood around the corner has a $700,000 home and they're going to put that on the market and sell it for 700,000. And the commission going to be 6%. The 6% commission of 700,000 is $42,000. The question is, is, what does a firm do differently for a $700,000 listing than they do for a $200,000 listing? What does the firm do for the difference? Because it's a $30,000 difference. 
$30,000 difference because it's selling at 700 versus 200. And what, what are you getting for that difference in the money? Uh, the $30,000, that is a lot of equity. And if you're a seller, it's important that you know, uh, how much equity you're looking at. If you're a buyer, it's important to know what equity is because one of the primary reasons that you buy a home is to build equity, to build a, uh, up a, a savings account inside of your home. Equity is defined as the difference between how much you can sell the property for and how much you owe. And so if you don't have a mortgage, you don't know anything. That's a hundred percent equity. If you have a mortgage, well, we need to back the mortgage out and that is going to tell you how much equity you have. So how long does it take to build up equity? How long does it take to build up $42,000 worth of equity? Well, a lot of that has to do with how much money you put down, but the money that you put down, if it was 42,000 is going to be gone on your $700,000 home, the minute that you sell it and you pay that 6% commission. So building up equity is a big deal. Spending it on commission is a big deal. And I'm surprised that sellers just don't kick and scream a little bit more at that, but they don't for the most part. They just, not that I've seen over 21 years of real estate, they just kind of accept it. It's a lot like over 20 years ago, I, I worked for a local tax company just for tax season, mainly just cause I was curious. And so I worked for Jackson Hewitt and, uh, Jackson Hewitt's a local tax company here. And, um, I was amazed at the number of people that would come in, file their taxes, and I'd say, you're getting $8,000 back. You're getting $12,000 back. And I'd be like, yeah, all right. We're going on vacation. And I, I'd say to them, do you know how that money got there? Well, yeah, we pay taxes. And I was like, well, you're overpaying your taxes. The money that you're getting back, the refund, is because you paid too much. I mean, if it's $12,000 tax refund you're getting, that's $1,000 a month that you're overpaying in taxes. You could do a lot of stuff with $1,000 a month. You could probably change your lifestyle with $1,000 a month. Certainly make your lifestyle a lot easier if you gave yourself some breathing room or maybe put that into a savings account or, hey, how about buy a house with it um, or get a bigger house. Um, so... It's just surprising that that's what I really ran into a lot uh, doing working taxes. And people were just, no, I, 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 I like that I get that money at the end, uh, at the tax season. It's, it's our vacation money. Okay. It's kind of the same thing with the commission. The sellers just seem to accept it. I don't know why. Um if I go to sell my house and I've got to pay that kind of money, I'm going to be kicking and screaming a little bit. I'm definitely going to want an itemized list of what you're going to be doing for that money. I'm, I'm definitely looking for that. So anyway, so we talked about equity, what equity is. So we talked about how long it takes to build up that kind of an equity, uh, depending on what kind of loan, what kind of home you have, how much down payment you put in there. So it doesn't matter who you are. There's still a lot of money, right? Um, it's definitely one of the reasons that people want to get into the real estate business because they can make so much commission. They make so much money 
by going out and listing homes or, or working with buyers and helping them buy homes, getting a commission for that. There's a lot of money to be made in real estate. Um, I'm going to leave it for just a second and give you a side note because there is an alternative. And obviously, as I said in the disclosure in the beginning, I work for a company called Redefy. Redefy is truly redefining how sellers sell their home, especially on the commission side. And what I mean by that is um, I've sold real estate for, for 20 years doing it this way, charging a 6% commission, what have you. Um, I do everything. My firm does everything that we did in those 20 years, um, but we do it for a flat fee now. It doesn't matter how much your home is worth or what it sells for. On the listing side, on my side of the commission, we just charge a flat fee. It's $3,000. Zero, 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 three thousand dollars So if your home is under a million dollars, that's how much it costs. Three grand plus whatever you're willing to pay the uh, buyer's commission. If it's over a million dollars, it's a different structure. It's not hugely different, but it's a little different because there's a lot more that needs to go into a home that's priced that long, that much, and it's going to be on the market a little bit longer. It's just a different price point. But let's focus on it's under a million dollars. So when we take that on, we do everything that a full service company would do, which is what you should be expecting from a full service company when you're paying them that full 6%. So we list it. We use a professional photographer, a professional showing service, all the other bells and whistles. We don't do any print advertising. And the reason we don't offer any print advertising is because print advertising doesn't sell your home. We don't spend money on things that aren't going to sell your home, but maybe make you feel good. Yeah, it's in the newspaper. The newspaper doesn't sell houses anymore. It's just not the case. We all know what sells houses. And what sells houses is the internet. And the internet doesn't cost that much money, so we don't charge that much money. And we pass the savings on to you. So all the other bells and whistles are there. Everything, your hand held all the way to the closing table, $3,000. But it does not include the buyer's commission. And that's something that you need to take into account. When a firm is charging 6%, generally they're offering 3% to the buyer's firm and they're keeping 3%. For us, we're going to charge you $3,000 and we encourage you to certainly offer the 3% to the buyer's agent, to the selling firm, the firm that's bringing the buyer along with it. Um, not something that you have to do, but in our area, it would be strongly recommended that you still offer that commission. So let's think about it. So what's that look like? So a $200,000 sale uh, with a uh, $3,000 plus a 3%, that's our deal, that's nine grand, right? Versus the $12,000 that you would have paid on the full 6%. So you save $3,000. That's nothing to sneeze at. Three grand, that's a good savings, especially if you're getting everything that you would have gotten for the 12,000, and trust me, you are, if not more. The $700,000 one? It's only $3,000 plus 3%. That's a total of $24,000. $21,000 is going to the selling agent. Now, does the selling agent really deserve that? I don't know. I'm just telling you that that is the norm right now in our nor in our market. But the $24,000 is certainly less than the $42,000 that you would have spent on the full six. That's $18,000 worth of savings. That's $18,000 worth of equity you get to hold on to and use that towards whatever it is that your goal is 
and your reason for selling. So it's interesting. Um, you begin to see this model more often now than in the past. And the primary reason for that is the internet. It, it just doesn't cost as much to list and sell a home as it used to, mainly because of the advertising and the marketing dollar. The agents just don't have to do that anymore. It goes into the multiple listing system. It's exposed to many, many different search engines. And some of the search engines are hit more than others. Zillow, Trulia, Realtor.com, what have you. That's where buyers go to buy houses, right? That's where they go to buy houses. How much does that cost? It doesn't cost uh, 6%, I can tell you that. It doesn't cost 3%, right? If it did, I wouldn't be able to run my business and only charge $3,000. So, sellers, think about that. Understand that there are alternatives out there where you don't have to pay the same thing that was charged 20 years ago, 30 years ago, however many years ago. The price has definitely been affected by the Internet. So take advantage of that. Um, I'll tell you straight up, buyers just don't care whose sign is in the yard. They just don't. They, they care about value. They care about how much the home is worth as it's compared to other properties. They care what school district it's in, but they do not care about who the listing firm is. That doesn't make a hill of beans difference to them. Uh, there is no magic involved. Um, so I'm on that. I'm, I'm going to jump off of there. Commissions, you need to save your money. Recognize how much money you're spending on just commissions. Number two, number two thing is concessions. The number two item that you're going to need to be prepared to pay as a seller is concessions. Um, that is definitely your second biggest cost to sell in this current market, and it's buyer concessions. Um, how much money does a buyer need to have available at the closing table? How much do they need to bring to the table? Liquid cash to bring to the table to buy. Obviously, they're getting a mortgage in most cases. Well, that's, 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 a, that's a future expense. That's a future monthly expense. We're talking about right now at the table, how much money do they have? Do you think that buyers in today's world have a lot of money in their savings account? Or do they live on credit and they spend their money? Right? I mean... Cars are expensive. People like expensive cars. They spend their money. They don't have a lot of money in a savings account. They have great credit. They have the ability to buy, but they don't necessarily have all of the cash that they're going to need to bring to the table to buy. And that's where concessions come into play. So, you know, we need to think about that. Typically, a buyer will need a down payment, depending on the type of loan. They're going to have upfront loan fees. They're going to have upfront insurance. We call that prepaid. They're going to have upfront taxes. We call those prepaids. Um, so a seller can, so can a seller, the question is, so can a seller help out with these items? Well, it depends and not everything. So it depends if they can help them out depending on the type of loan and the situation. And it depends on the type of loan as to what it is they're allowed to help out with and what they can't help out with. So it's a variable. It gets, uh, it gets a little sticky and you need to pay attention. And that's why you need a professional to handle the transaction for you on both sides, on the listing side and on the buying side. So, uh, let me explain. It depends on the loan type. As I was saying, some loan types allow more assistance than others. For example, 
In our area, we use a lot of VA loans. VA loan is uh, available to military, military veterans, active military, retired. So for a, a VA loan will allow a seller to pay off buyer credit card debt or a car loan up to a certain percentage. And so you're sitting there as a seller going, so wait, I got to pay your car off for you to buy my house? <laughs> well, if the lender allows you to do it, yeah, I'm going to, I might ask you to do that. I might roll that in. I might ask you to pay my lease off on the property that I'm renting so that I can move into your house sooner. If the lender will allow me to do that, right? I might ask you to do it. See what happens, right? It's called negotiating. Everything is negotiable. So think about it this way. If a buyer offers to purchase your home for $200,000, that's what you have it on the market for full price, 200,000. It's going to sell in the range of 195 to, to 210, let's say. And right now we're at 200. And he doesn't ask for any concessions, right? He's just straight up 200. I'll pay all my own closing costs, all my own concessions. I've got money in the bank. I'm ready to go, right? $200,000. At the same time, a different buyer comes up and says, I want to buy your house for $205,000. And I want the seller to pay $5,000 in buyer concessions. Which one nets the seller more money? The $200,000 without concessions or the $205,000 with concessions? $5,000 worth of concessions. On the front end, it, obviously, it's a wash, right? There's a little bit of difference there because of if the real estate commission is a percentage of the 205 versus the percentage of the 200, but it's negligible. I mean, you won't even see that difference per se, but the buyer has the ability to buy if you pay his concessions, maybe not just the ability, but that's what he wants. That's what he's asking for because now he can keep $5,000 in his pocket. Even if he has the money, if I can finance that 5,000, cause that's ideally what he's doing over the next 30 years. And I get to keep five in my pocket. What difference does it make to you? Mr. Seller, you're still getting the same net. You're still walking away with the same amount of money. Understand that the price point of a home has a lot to do with home affordability and the need for buyer concessions. What I mean by that, a buyer buying a $700,000 home likely has some cash ready for closing, right? Somebody who's buying a $700,000 home, we're hoping they have some money in the bank and they're able to buy a home, not ask for seller concessions. There's a, a, a more likely chance of that than the buyer who's buying a $200,000 home. It's their first home. They rent. They live paycheck to paycheck. They have good credit. They qualify for a $200,000 loan, but they don't have... They don't have a lot of money up front. So a lot of this has to do with the price point. So remember that typically the lower the price point, the better chances there are going to be of the buyer asking for concessions. Okay. So think about that sellers. Number one thing you need to do though, sellers is you need to not focus on what the money is going to be used for right? You don't care what it's going to be used for. The only reason you care what it's going to be used for is because of your emotions, how you feel. Well, I, I don't feel like I should have to pay their car off. Who cares? As long as you net what you want to net, as long as you're able to take the money from the sale and do what you wanted to do with it, 
if you said, I want to net $50,000 from the sale and you're paying out $20,000 in concessions, who cares? Who cares what they're going to use it for? You got your net of 50, right? You need to focus on that. That's your goal is getting your net what you want it to be and be realistic about what the net is and not what the buyer's going to do with the money. Don't be emotional. It's a business transaction. Okay. It's a business transaction. You got to take the emotion out of what they're going to use it for. I've worked with many, many sellers throughout the years and they balk and scream about what they're going to use the money for. And I can't, I can't, I do everything I can to get them to focus on just the dollar amount and not what they're going to use it for. A lot of times the buyers don't disclose what they're going to use it for and they don't have to with the seller. Obviously they have to with the lender to make sure it's approved, but they don't have to with the seller and the seller doesn't need to know what difference does it make? Focus on the money. Okay. So commissions and concessions. Those are definitely the seller's uh, two biggest expenses in selling their home. Um, they're both negotiable. You can negotiate concessions just like you can negotiate sales price. You can negotiate com uh, commission, right? Some firms will negotiate, some won't. Uh, but those are the two biggest uh, expenses that you're going to run into as a seller. I thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. And uh, we've got some uh, great things coming up uh, the rest of this month and into next month. So be sure to tune in. My name's Doug Wolf. I am the principal broker with Redefy Real Estate, $3,000 flat fee, full service. You cannot beat that. Um, our website is redefy.com, R E D E F Y.com. You can also visit me at bettercalldoug.com, learn a little bit more about what we do, see our uh, YouTube updates that we do every month for our market analysis. If you need to reach me directly, 757 515 4728, or you can email me at dwolf, W O L F E, at redefy.com. Make it a great month, and we will be talking soon. Thank you once again for uh, stopping by and listening to our podcast.